Welcome to another Camera Time Sports Podcast. I'm David Polkinghorn. With me is... Caden Helmers, the one and only. And uh, we're here to talk all things sport as the football seasons begin to ramp up in earnest with uh, the Rugby League set to start this weekend and the Canberra Raiders back in action. I guess we'll start off with them, Caden. Um, Gold Coast Titans on the Gold Coast on Sunday in the unusual time time slot of 6.30pm. Um, I guess firstly, what did you make of, I guess, the, the team that Ricky Stewart has named? I liked it. I thought it was pretty interesting. Obviously, Saliba Havili comes in, gets first crack at hooker, which we sort of expected for a little while now. The big shock, though, was Sam Williams forcing Blake Austin to the bench. So Williams starting at half, Aiden Caesar at 5'8", Blake Austin coming in at 14. So a few changes there, but yeah, pretty interesting to see how that all pans out. I think... Williams is a, a good choice. You know, he can really steer a team around. I thought Austin might have been a better foil for him just to run the show, just to run, sort of run himself. Run the ball? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Aiden Caesar played 5 8 at the Gold Coast for the bulk of four years, so I think he won't have too many issues slotting in there. Um, I guess you sort of said that you thought it was a bit of a surprise, but. The, uh, if anyone had have looked at the pre-season trial, they would have seen that uh, that's exactly how Ricky started the trial. Um, whether he went into that trial with that as his plan or not, or whether he um, was just had it as an idea, I guess is, is a, another thing. But he, he certainly, I guess, had a, a bit of a view there that potentially Williams and, and Caesar could have been his starting half pairing, uh, I guess, a, a few weeks ago back on, on the sunny coast. And he seems to, like, we've we've spoken to him, both of us, a couple of times, and he seems to feel like he's um, come a long way since he last left the Raiders, Sam Williams, and it seems like every time he comes back, he's grown a little bit as a player. He looks at himself as a 20-year-old six years ago. He says he's a much better player, a much more mature player, so definitely looks well-placed to sort of steer a team around, and it's something the Raiders are going to need this year. No Hodgson lost a lot of close games last year. I guess uh, potentially if he if he can assume that that halfback role, then I guess it means Caesar and, and Austin potentially shooting shooting out between each other for that that five eight spot. I guess you, you mentioned Caesar did come to the club as a as a five eight rather than a, a halfback, but has been moved across to that uh, the the number seven jersey uh, since uh, arriving. It'll be interesting to see how Caesar does go straight away because. You know, as I mentioned just before, they lost a lot of close games last year and the halves sort of bore the brunt of a fair bit of criticism for not being able to close out those close ones. But if he can just sort of have the pressure off of having to steer everyone around and play his own game, maybe we see him get back to the form that he did show when he was at the Gold Coast before he came to Canberra because he was playing some pretty good footy up there. Yeah, right. And um, oh, I guess... Um on, on Austin, he sort of said he he was aiming for the, the sixth jersey. That's what he, he sort of wanted. Both him and, and Caesar are off contract at the end of the year. Uh, he said he wanted to focus on, I guess, letting his playing do the talking uh, so that he felt that he could earn earn himself a contract with the way he started the season. He, he, he obviously probably wouldn't be uh, happy with starting at number 14, but uh, I guess it's... Um, 
given him something that'll put a, a bit of a, a rocket up him, I guess, so to speak, to to uh, prove his worth and, and try and earn that jersey back. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he responds first up. I think he'll be he'd be the sort of guy that's pretty lethal around a tiring forward pack, and you'd be able to cut him cut him into bits up the guts. But it'll be interesting to see how Blake Austin responds playing in number fourteen. He's obviously been starting ever since he joined the Raiders, so it'll be yeah interesting to see how he bounces back and how he sort of takes it because it can be for some guys a bit of a I don't know kick up the backside when they're put back to the bench but hopefully he responds well and gets back to the peak form that we've seen in in the past couple of years not so much last year but prior to that and I guess that maybe explains the um, the the switch for Sam to take the number seven jersey, given Aiden's the one who's likely to to slot into hooker if uh, Saliba Havili, who who start at number nine, if he needs to go off for a rest, then Aiden looks like the guy who'll move into the middle, and Blake would come on then. Um, I guess allowing that that three half attack in, in a way. Yeah, to give him a fair few threats in attack if they can have the three guys on at the same time it's I suppose like quite different but in a way it reminds you of how we had Josh Hodgson and Kurt Baptiste both on at the same time when it they just provided a little more a little bit more around the ruck together you saw that trial on the Sunshine Coast Aiden Caesar played what 15 minutes at hooker how did you think he went uh, I think it was, might have only been about seven or eight minutes at, at hooker just at the end of the the half, um, I thought he, he did all right. Uh, all three guys uh, at dummy half looked good. I thought Saliva Havili showed signs. Craig Garvey showed signs as well. So um, I, I guess Ricky has a, a few options there. And um, as I guess we've talked about a lot over the, the off-season, they've brought back that depth. They've got that depth at nine, even without Josh Hodgson, who'll come back, you know, potentially June, July area, uh, hopefully. Um, they've started to develop a bit of depth there and the ability for, for guys to, to push each other and, and I guess that's probably what, what Ricky's hoping for with uh, Sammy coming in that's uh, I guess um, definitely going to push push Blake and, Blake and Aiden now uh, given, given this first round selection It'll be really interesting to see how it does pan out when Hodgson is back because then you've got two guys that are specialist hookers that can sort of fill the void if they want to in Havili and Garvey and then you've got the three halves as well so there's going to be plenty of competition for spots come later in the season. Mm, I guess hopefully uh, hopefully the sooner the better. Um, Josh uh, seems in good spirits and, and he's uh, progressing with the, with the knee so hopefully, uh, hopefully everything is going well for him. Well, I guess a bit of an interesting question. Uh, I was chatting the other day with, with Blocker about this but um, what, what would the team look like I guess the, the starting 13 that we've got now um, is there's a, a bit of changes there with uh, obviously Havili at nine um, the Sammy Williams and Aiden Caesar in the halves instead of uh, Aiden and Blake um, if, if Josh hadn't have got injured at, at the World Cup perhaps we might have none of this change might have happened and we might have ended up with I guess the, the 13 that we're used to with uh, Blake and Aiden in the halves and, and Josh obviously at hooker. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Like I think Sam Williams, what he does bring, as we've sort of mentioned already, is that control and everything that I think Ricky would have realised he really needed without Hodgson there to sort of steer the forwards around a little bit more. So it's yeah, it's a tough one. Like I think 
maybe Ricky had it in his head the whole time regardless when he wanted to bring Williams back that he was going to be the starting half but maybe it's just a, the circumstances have paved this to be the way perhaps the, the off season has, uh, has done it as well um, allowed Sam to, to push his barrow so to speak um, the Gold Coast Titans will they beat them? should do really should do They've got a bit of a fairly good record. I think they beat them up there last year yeah. from from memory and, and fairly comfortably. Um, and I guess a chance to really set their season up with the Gold Coast, uh, your beloved Knights here yeah. at Canberra Stadium, and then uh, the New Zealand Warriors, who, I mean, who knows what to expect from them <laughs> ever. Um, leading off the, the season, and I guess a good chance to, to set their season up, uh, get on a bit of a roll, and we know how damaging they can be when they've got their confidence up and, yeah. they're, and they're winning games. Yeah, I was just going to say, we know how like wonderful the Raiders can play when they're on a roll and they've got some momentum. So to play three bottom eight sides from last year, and let's be honest, probably bottom eight sides again this year, because... I'm certainly not on the Warriors hype train. I know you're not either. <laughs> I think uh, last place is a, a realistic expectation for them. Um, although a few people said the Gold Coast Titans might fight them for the for the spoon. Um, your Knights probably jump up the ladder a little bit, but might take a bit time, bit of time to to get their combinations and all that sort of thing going. Uh, albeit with a uh, basically a Roosters second or <laughs> thirteen that's travelled up up the highway. Yeah, the Knights will probably be anywhere from sixth to sixteenth or something so we'll just wait and see but I think they'd, they'll just miss the 8 but yeah, it can cause a few headaches and um, what, how do you think the Raiders will go this year what uh, what are your expectations for them I think it's going to be extremely tough without Hodgson I've probably got them penciled in to finish about 10th or 11th but if they can get on a roll like we know how good they can be we saw it two years ago when they stormed into second and we were sort of waiting for it all year last year and it just didn't click. But, yeah, I think without Hodgson, it's just too tough. But so much hinges on how the halves go and how the hookers go without him. I guess uh, one one area we haven't talked about is the, the forwards. I know Junior and uh, Shannon are both, uh, Junior Paulo and Shannon Boyd are both setting themselves for, for big seasons. They want to... Uh, get the pack back to their uh, ferocious, nasty ways. Um, you got two of the biggest boppers in the NRL uh, bopping away there in the, in the front row. So, And then you've got Josh Papali. I know he, he's after... Uh, he's really focusing on, on the Raiders. He's, he's not really that interested in worrying about rep footy or anything like that. All, all he wants to do is um, prove his worth for, for the Raiders this season. So... You got Joe Tappany emerging as well, and Elliot Lock Whitehead obviously looks very good in in lock um, since his move there. Obviously, a good second row as well. But um, I guess that pack is potentially where they'll be seeing, um, or they'll be looking themselves to to set that season up, get the ball rolling, um, have them moving forward early in the sets. I know last year there was probably a few errors coming across the team that really really hurt them um, not just in the forwards but in, in the backs as well early in sets that sort of put them on the back foot and those big guys are, are really looking to uh, exert themselves uh, this season. Yeah I know like you mentioned just before Papali's not focused on origin or anything like that but a couple of years ago we saw like Papali's an incumbent for Queensland still but a few years ago we were talking about Paulo and Boyd and those sort of guys for New South Wales so we know how good they can be and how good they were only two years ago so if they can get back to that 
it's a it's a massive pack and it's a pretty imposing one. So they they have a, a big say in how the Raiders go this year, there's no doubt. So yeah, uh, making the eight or not? Just missing. Just missing. Oh, I've got them just sneaking in. Uh, and uh, the Green Machine song is back. What are your thoughts there? Uh, I guess a bit of a... Very um, Something for the, the... I guess the Raiders fans have probably made a, a bit of it. They were, there was a bit of talk around this when the change came, but uh, the change is back. Yeah, pretty happy with it, to be honest. I, like, I've been going to Raiders games for as long as I can remember, since I was a little kid and... I always knew the song. I'd always sit there singing it, even if I didn't want the Raiders to win that game. Like even Nathan Highmarsh was caught on TV once when he was playing for Parramatta singing the song as the Raiders were coming out. So it's really catchy. I really enjoy it. It's just like it doesn't really mean a whole lot at the end of the day. But yeah, I'm pretty happy that it's back. Good, uh, good hog riding music. Obviously, <laughs> if, if Nathan's getting on board, um, uh, I guess. Um, you did a bit of a. I think you mentioned this the other day, Ricky. The Ricky Stewart Foundation. Um, what what have you got there for us with the, the Ricky Stewart Foundation? Yeah, so they'll be wearing a couple of um, special jerseys again this year, the Raiders. So Ricky Stewart Foundation uh, Autism Awareness jersey mm-hmm. again. Uh, that was a great one actually last year. Yeah, it was with a the, cracker. The drawings on the front, yeah. and um, I guess a couple of kids got to contribute to the to the jersey, and that would have been a massive, massive uh, buzz for them. Yeah, so I think it'd be pretty special for all those kids to be involved in that, and whether they do a similar thing this year, not sure yet, but yeah, I think they, they certainly wouldn't go wrong if they did. And uh, women in league jersey again, so that could be a, a pink number or a pur- purple number or something like that. And then blue as well. Women are allowed to wear other colours yeah, apart from pink. <laughs> um, and a cultural jersey, rather than just an indigenous jersey, as has been the norm for most clubs around the comp. Uh, the Raiders want to celebrate the vast sort of backgrounds they've got in their playing group. So they've got guys from Turkish descent, like Aiden Caesar, and Serbian, like Nick Kotrick, and indigenous players and kiwi players english players so they're going to get a handful of players from different backgrounds and get their handprints put on the jerseys and the proceeds they'll auction those match worn jerseys off after games and proceeds will go to the cardo audio memorial fund ah nice um and obviously first game home game against uh newcastle will be uh, a fundraiser for cardo as well and hopefully uh, raise a lot of money to go towards his family back in, in Papua New Guinea. Um, I guess the, the Brumbies. Um, not a very good game. I, <laughs> I was lucky enough to miss it. Uh, <laughs> I, saw, I, I saw the second half, and from, from what I saw, the, the Brumbies were on top. For They seemed to have all the ball, and they seemed to be on top, and they had opportunities, but... Um, they kept losing the ball at critical times, turning the ball over, and uh, it was a, a death by six cuts, I guess. Uh, six penalty goals for the Queensland Reds, as opposed to the two unconverted tries from the Brumbies, meant an 18-10 loss. They have uh, a 1-1 record now, the Brumbies. A bit of a an unconvincing win, I guess, round one against the Sunwolves, and 
a few questions uh, need to be answered when they take on the Rebels on Friday night. The Melbourne Rebels are undefeated, I think, uh, yep. flying high on top yep. of the the Australian Conference. They're now the, the super club of Australian <laughs> super rugby with uh, basically a, a force Rebels combo team. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's been a really bizarre start to the season for the Brumbies because a lot of people, myself included, thought they'd sort of blitz the Australian Conference this year and we really thought they were probably a good chance of starting the year 5-0, and maybe 6-0 and before they start oh, they're playing the Kiwi now. teams. And Yeah, now they're 1-1, and as you mentioned, and that one win was not really convincing against the Sunwolves. So interesting to see how they bounce back this week, but Scott CO's back, it should be a, a big boost. Yeah, I guess part of the, well, it seemed the one area that they got absolutely smashed by the Reds was the was the scrum. It was, uh, I don't know, it cast back to my younger years where scrums used to push down the field 10 metres and all that sort of thing, um, as opposed to spinning around and around in circles like they, they do now. And um, I guess that's probably an area they're, they're obviously looking to improve. Scotty Seo, a, a wallaby front rower, comes back in. Yep, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lolo Fakasilia to start as well. So another in for the Brumbies. It'll be pretty vital this week, I think. Coming in the, the back row, yep. I imagine. Um, and I guess they've, they've made a few changes on the bench as well in that, that front row area with uh, Falele Sioni and uh, Falau Fainga coming in, uh, a prop and a hooker respectively. Um, that opens a way for Falau to make his Super Rugby debut, um, even though he's already been in a Wallabies camp. Yeah, he's got big raps on him for a young bloke, doesn't he? He was a, he was a concreter, and then you know, he was chasing his rugby goals, and he's been already called into a Wallabies camp before, so yeah, big raps on this guy, so he's definitely one to keep an eye on. An Australian under-20s player as well, so it'll be interesting to see how he helps uh, at scrum time off the bench, obviously a, a favourite part of all rugby fans is scrum time. Um, I think um, any any other changes? Tom Cusack probably on the bench and Andrew Muirhead, uh, the winger. Yeah, the dashing well. winger that was a delivery man last year before the Brumbies picked him up. Right, delivered on foot. <laughs> <laughs> Delivering tries to the ACT faithful. Ah, nice. Um, Back at home for the first time. Uh, it's, you scratch your head, really, at some of these these draws. I mean, it's not <laughs> ideal starting the season with, what, three away games before you finally come home and have a chance to get the fans excited, to get them on board, get them pumped about the season. Um, and then to cap it off, they've got to compete with Firefly. Five, five Firewire, Skyfire, <laughs> Sky. whatever, whatever the uh, thing's <laughs> called. They've got to compete with that on, on the Saturday night, and uh, the Raiders are playing the next day as well. So, um, yeah, Australian, Australian rugby did itself no favours last year, and it's, uh, it's not started perfectly for the Brumbies this year. They've got one win, one loss, and another game against the Rebels who are flying high, and then they've got to come and play a South African team no one really cares about so well no one knows where they're from I mean <laughs> the Sharks uh, who who knows which part of South Africa <laughs> that is uh, probably in the, the north I guess um, well you'd hope it's near the water but anyway um, and, and I guess they'll, they'll be um, obviously up against it they've teamed up with the Raiders for a I guess a bit of a cross code ticket 
Um, so hopefully that gets the fans on board. Hopefully a big win against the Rebels will help that as well. And I guess Commonwealth Games. Fast looming. Mm, Probably only, only, what, four weeks away? or Yeah, just less under than. a month away now. So it's all happening and there's plenty of Canberrans in the frame there. So Ben Treffer's booked his spot to the Gold Coast where he lives. So he's <laughs> <laughs> safe, booked his taxi the, uh, to get to the venue. <laughs> committee a bit of cash yeah so the, the Canberra product Ben Treffers he'll defend his Commonwealth Games gold medal in 50 metre backstroke so I was speaking to him uh, a couple of days ago and he says that he likes loves living on the Gold Coast because he can go out for a surf and that sort of thing and just refresh after if he's had a rough meet or a rough session or whatever but uh, I think he might have to put the board away just for a little while and focus on getting that gold medal and uh, did you ever go surfing with Mick Fanning? Obviously retiring after Bells. He mm. um, he's from the Gold Coast, I think, or that northern New South Wales area as well. Um, who else have we got uh, running? Oh, there's plenty. So Keely Small, she's shocked the world. The 16-year-old <laughs> schoolgirl from Canberra. She's been picked in the 800-meter run. She finished last last at nationals, but. Um, yeah, has managed to get picked up for this, so yeah, all the best to her. So she'll probably have to take a little bit of time off school. And uh, Mel Breen as well, she was forced to wait for a discretionary selection, but uh, yeah, she's been picked for the 100 metre sprint and the 4 by 100 metre relay. Yeah, it's, um, I guess the, the team was delayed by a week or something, wasn't it, with a lot yeah. of challenges and all that sort of thing going on. Um, a nervous a nervous wait for, for those involved. How, how do you think Mel will, uh, will go? Um, I guess she's becoming a, a veteran in the, in the 100 metre now for, uh, for Australia. So well, I guess prob- hopefully time for her to really shine on the international stage. Yeah, hopefully, like, she's had to manage some injury problems over the last five or six weeks or so, so she's got a bit on her plate at the moment, but, um, yeah, she's getting to that stage where she's been around for a fair few years now, so hopefully her time's near to sort of bounce back and get back to that level we saw, what, a few years ago when she, when she set that Australian record. Mm. I guess it's, it's a tough one, though, even though it's the Commonwealth Games, um, You'd imagine there's still a few handy, handy sprinters coming from uh, um, some of those Commonwealth Islands floating around. Um, who else have we got? Uh, Lauren Wells, um, potentially a long jump on the on the horizon for her, although it sounds like that's uh, fairly unlikely. Yeah, so she'll be in the 400 hurdles again, and she looks like she's in the frame for long jump as well but um apparently the two events are about five minutes apart so she'll probably have to just keep running around the track and then straight down and jump into the sand so <laughs> just don't stop just keep going uh, cameron crombie's going around in shot put chris hamer marathon evan o'hanlon t38 100 and uh yeah there's plenty more sky nicholson she's representing queensland as such but ais based boxer um, Christine Nunn in squash, Chloe Hosking in cycling, and a couple more you want to rattle off there, Paul? Um, well, Matt Heyman, who'll be in the uh, and Gracie Elvin will both be in the the road race as well. Matt Heyman, I think, two thousand and six gold medalist at the Com Games, so a chance for him to add a, a bit more bling to his uh, mantelpiece. Um, Nathan Hart, Rebecca Wyzak on the on the track, uh, cycling track. So um, and then. 
Zoe Buckman, who lives in Victoria now, but a, a Cam Baron. Kelsey uh, will do the 1500 metres. Kelsey Lee Roberts, the javelin. Um, Angie Ballard, uh, the, the wheelchair racer. And um, Jane Sawyer, I guess he's a bit of an interesting one. He's, he's he. He's a javeliner, a yeah. world champion javeliner javelin who's world just champion, world record holder. Do a bit of shot put instead. Yeah, so the javelin in his uh, classification wasn't on offer, so he jumped over to shot put. He's been he's done it a little bit over the last couple of years, but yeah, he's put the javelin away for a little while, focusing on shot put, and he'll go up against Cameron Crombie. Hmm, bit of a tough ask against the, the world <laughs> champ. And um, anything else sort of happening around the traps or? Don't think so. Nothing much. Just flat out with work, mm. uh, getting ready for the, the Raiders season for the two of us. Um, oh, Black Oval this weekend probably should be that, <laughs> that quickly. Um, fields were nominations just out. Um, I know the Thoroughbred Park were very happy. Peter Stubbs out there was very happy with the noms. Um, 27. For the Black Opal, the $300,000 Group 3 race for two-year-olds. Um, not all of those will come to Canberra. Some of them will go to Sydney the day before for the either the Riesling Stakes or the Tobman Stakes. But uh, expecting a bit of a, a bumper field there with, um, I guess, Sizzling Bell, Nick Olive's horse, potentially the... Uh, the main local hope in, in that race, um, Jackano Bay, the 2014 Canberra Cup winner, back to have another crack at that crown. Um, I guess we'll know a bit more as, as the week goes on, how the fields settle down on Thursday, and uh, obviously a, a massive day of racing in the capital uh, on Super Sunday. Very good. Will you be there? I will probably not be there. I'll be in here uh, watching the Raiders play. Oh, well, bad luck. bad luck for <laughs> you. Um, good luck for all the punters out there. Gamble responsibly and all that sort of thing. Um, wear your high-stakes fashion. And um, I guess that's all from me. Is it all from you? That is all from me. But uh, don't forget to get your Canberra Times on Thursday for the Raiders season guide. And have a good week.